What's up, everybody? You're listening to No Coast Cinema here on WGN+. We are your guide to cinema here in the city of Chicago. I'm Tom Hush. And I'm Connor Cornelius. And we're very psyched to have you here. Psyched? I like that word. I agree. I uh, I agree that you like it, Tom. <laughs> you've, said that you've said it before, and you'll say it again. Well, it's in my word bank. I'll keep that in the wheelhouse. Yeah. In the old... It's interesting to me how if you switched the silent P in psyched with the second letter, which is, of course, an S, it's, on, it's uh, spiked. I'm spiked to be here. Me too. <laughs> well, uh, we've got a fantastic show coming up for you today. Um, don't forget, you can go back and listen to our bonus episode on the Oscar nominations. That's up right now. Uh, we're going to be having a fun poll to see uh, what bad movie you're Tom has f- to watch. Yeah, okay. <laughs> the loser of our Oscar bet has to watch. That's going to be over at facebook.com slash podcast. Um, all the all our lists will be up there very very soon, so you can keep us honest. Um, I'm still I'm sticking to my picks. Yeah, I feel good about mine. Yeah, you think so? Yeah, yeah. You know okay. what? I would say I'm spiked for my picks. Oh, jeez. Nice callback. Thank you. Good for you. Did you go to Second City for that one? Yeah, Take I had a few to, classes. I took five classes, and that was what I walked yeah, away. Congratulations. With. Well, for right now, uh, we're going to move into our interview for this week, and we are going to be talking to a fantastic illustrator, two D animator. He is also the creator of a webcomic called Multiplex, and also the uh, he is adapting that into a short and web series. Uh, the short, separate from the web series, but it's called Multiplex Tent. The short is out today, as well as the first episode of the mini series, and uh, we're so excited to be talking to Gordon McAlpin. How are you doing, Gordon? I'm I'm spiked to be here. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for having me. We're very glad to have that hashtag on the on the rails now. It's happening. That's no co cinema indoors right there. That's going to take off. So, Gordon, uh, let's talk a little bit about yourself. Uh, as I said, you're an illustrator, 2D animator, creator of Multiplex, comic strip that ran for over 10 years. That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, it started in 2005, and it just concluded last uh, April. Um, so uh, over the course of those 12 years, the characters uh, got older and wiser and and smarter and things like that. Uh, and, um, and, and so, you know, I, I wrapped up the storyline with those characters and immediately turned back the clock on them and, and did a, an origin story, I guess, of sorts with uh, Multiplex 10. Um, so they're 18 again and super dumb and, and, uh, and immature. Um, I'm that version of the character. <laughs> <laughs> and so after doing it for 10 years uh, and deciding to make this, I think you said it was a self-contained short, this 12-minute short mm-hmm. that's coming out today. Yep. Um, was there something about the characters that you felt they had run their course in the webcomics, whatever, the in the webcomics run that you wanted to explore something, another facet of their character in you know through animation? Yeah, kind of. I mean... Partly just just being able to do multiplex, uh, you know, retitled, of course, but uh, multiplex ten as an animated uh, thing. I can do a lot of different jokes, um, you know, movie parodies. Obviously, sound is something that you don't have in web comics. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of the characters, um, that when when they got older and wiser and smarter, um, uh, it 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 kind of informed the sort of comedy that I could do. The sort of uh, I hate to use the word drama because it is it is a comedic series, but it did get mildly serious every now and then, um, and there was some substance I hope <laughs> to to the comic um, that 
you know, I, in order to make that feel uh, real, I needed to keep it a little bit more grounded. And so, um, doing the, the the animated short and and probably actually more so in in the web series um, by having them young and animated and um, and and not really dependent on continuity, I can do a lot more. Um, kind of out there humor um, in, in a way that, you know, isn't, isn't going to undermine the, the, the dramatic um, sequences in, in the comic. Um, so, you know, it, it kind of, I have a little more freedom here to, to get weird. <laughs> it's the best place to do it. Animation. Yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to ask what has been the, some of the biggest challenges you've seen from going from this web comic to turning it into something animated. I mean, as you mentioned, you've got sound now, you've got motion, you got to be thinking in a, a few different ways with making this into an animated short. Uh, how's it been? Uh, well, you know, I've, I've done some freelance animation, storyboarding, and a little bit of, uh, you know, frame by frame 2d animated stuff for clients. Um, but this was my first, uh, proper animated short um, and and being literally the only animator on it uh, for a 12 minute short was um, daunting so I mean it was a big project for for one person um, uh, honestly the hardest part was uh, was uh, messing up my shoulder <laughs> last <laughs> summer and needing to take about a three month break uh, right in the middle of production but um, but it, you know in terms of writing it I, I also um, really needed to carefully balance, um, you know, making a story that would resonate with um, both the, the fans of the comic, uh, but also reach out to new, um, uh, you know, new viewers. Um, hopefully people who aren't familiar with the comic um, can, can watch it and still get something out of it. You know, there is going to be this added depth to it, I think, for the comic readers because they know what happens, sort of what happens next. There, there's actually a, a separate continuity there. Um, like, uh, you know, there, there are a few differences. Some characters appear in the short that, that didn't get introduced until later in the comic and things like that. But uh, I, I don't want to bore anybody. Uh, it's, um, yeah, but the, it's, a, it's a separate continuity, and, um, and I kind of lost my train of thought there. Well, <laughs> I think but, I wanted uh, but to yeah, making it making it work for both new people, new readers or viewers, uh, and and readers of the comic um, was uh, was kind of a balancing act. Um, and I brought in some some uh, well, the credited is uh, co producers, uh, but I brought in a couple of other uh, people to the writing room uh, to to help me kind of balance that. I think, and uh, and I think we did a, a pretty good job. Um, and that was something that I wanted to ask, because I'm assuming when you made Multiplex originally, it was just you writing everything. But now that you have this big team around you, and you, like Tom mentioned, you're adding these new dimensions to the to the program. Are people who are fans of the comic going to recognize the, the characters or are they going to be are you have you added elements to the characters that add even more depth to them? Uh, I think it's a little bit of the latter, uh, but mostly uh, the two main characters, Kurt and Jason, are pretty intact. Um, and one of the characters, Melissa, um, she kind of, I think, is a little actually better defined in, in the short um, than she was for a very long time in the comic. Um, I was a little... I was always a little disappointed in uh, in the the comic for not utilizing uh, Melissa and Becky as well as I could. Um, the basically the the main female characters, um, 
And uh, and so, you know, I brought in the co-writer, um, Dana Lurie Shaw, to, to, well, partly just because she was funny, uh, but also um, to, to kind of help keep me on track with um, making sure that the, uh, the arc for Melissa and Becky, even though they are supporting characters in the short film, um, just making sure that their arc was a, a little more substantive than, than just, you know, the girlfriend and her nerdy friend, um, stock types. Um, and, and I brought in um, my friends, uh, Joe Dunn and Tom Brazelton, both of whom have created movie-themed webcomics in the past, just to kind of help it uh, be funnier. Um, you know, to, and, and like Joe and Tom both have kind of a, a, a wackier, cornier sense of humor that I think helped um, make... Kurt feel like uh, a co-lead uh, versus the comic where where sometimes Jason, because he is the closest to me in sensibility and sense of humor, uh, he kind of always ended up taking the spotlight whether I wanted it to or not. <laughs> um, so, I mean, that's mainly what, uh, you know, the writer's room was for, was to kind of help, um, help me make this... Um, a, even an, an even better realization of my kind of vision than than I could do on my own. I want to roll back a little bit to the beginning of Multiplex as a webcomic. So you started that in 2005. Uh, what inspired you to do this movie theater workplace comedy strip? Uh, <laughs> well, uh, originally I'd, I'd wanted to do uh, an animated short uh, about a movie theater, um, but I didn't know how to animate anything at the time. So uh, I kind of just dusted off that idea um, after a while and, and turned it into a comic strip. At, at the time, I was doing um, a kind of a nonfiction comic strip called Stripped Books. Uh, I, would, I would go to book-related events or comics-related events and, and kind of adapt some author's uh, talk into uh, a comic strip and uh and you know that never got very many uh readers um but i took it to its own website at one point and uh and i wanted to make a backup feature that i could do more frequently um i could do the strip books maybe like once every couple of months and you know that's not enough to get people to keep coming back all the time so i was like you know maybe a a a gag strip um, and I was like, hey, I could do that with the, the movie thing. Um, so, so I dusted that off as a backup feature. I'm, I'm literally the only person on the planet who would think that people would be less interested in uh, a gag strip about a couple of nerds talking about movies than in um, a comic strip adapting book-related events. Uh, that's just me, I guess. But, um, but yeah, so it was first created as a backup feature for strip books, and it almost immediately got more popular. Um, and so I ended up starting to just focus on that. Um, what I, what, at first it was literally just me making up dumb jokes. Um, and then they tangentially had something to do with movies, but, um, because I am a huge movie nerd, um, it, it also became this like forums for me to talk about not just movies, but also how we talk about movies. And so, you know, Kurt and Jason are kind of like two, uh, the two combating uh, sides of my personality. Kurt's the, the the guy that likes just dumb action movies and dumb comedies and, and just enjoys things on kind of a visceral level. And Jason is the guy that's like, you know, this is really dumb. I should really be looking for something better than uh, Fast and the Furious 7 or whatever. And actually, I love the Fast and the Furious movies. Oh, they're fantastic. The <laughs> seven, 7 is so much fun. Yeah, Come on. I like 7, but that, that's uh, 7. I, personally, I think I think 4, 5, and 6 are the high point in the series. They're fantastic. Those three are the high point? Yeah. T- no, dead tie? Yeah, I'll give it to you. Yeah. It reinvented but, the uh, franchise. Yeah. 
<laughs> was that when The Rock joined? Yes. I don't want to do too yeah. much of a disjoiner, but... No. <laughs> right, right. Um, so I really like what you said, that Kurt and Jason are these two... They're kind of two sides of the same coin, the two parts of your personality that you're grappling with, and they serve as this... I don't know, forum to how we talk about movies. I really like that idea. How how do you feel that now in 2017, the uh, the strip is over and you're moving into the animated short? What has changed from 2005 to 2018 about the way we talk about movies? Has anything changed? Uh, I think it's more... Um kind of where and uh, where and how we, like, in a technical sense, how we talk about movies. Like, YouTube uh, was not, you know, this uh, amazing uh, home for, for, like, film essays, uh, video essays about film, you know, uh, things like Every Frame is a Pain, or Every Frame of Painting, whatever it's called, uh, movies with Mikey. There are a lot of just brilliant video uh, essays about, and, and re- I guess, video reviews, uh, uh, there's a lot of great criticism out there. There is also a lot of incredibly just bad, lazy criticism right. uh, where, you know, a guy sticks uh, uh, his phone in front of him and, and does a trailer reaction. And, and I'm definitely going to be making fun of that stuff in Multiplex. <laughs> oh, thank God. I've been waiting. <laughs> because, uh, like, I, I just I cannot imagine why people would be interested in watching somebody else watch a trailer. <laughs> yeah, it's it's That's it's a whole bizarre. culture. That's a whole culture now. It's, a- it's and some of these get massive views. It's 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 very foreign to me. And and so like me grappling with the the changing uh, culture of film, it kind of ends up in uh, it. Well, ended up in multiplex. Um, you know, when multiplex started in two thousand five, um, you know, film was still a thing. Almost everything is digital now, and so. Although I didn't detail that uh, super in depth, it was something that uh, that changed from the beginning of the strip to the end of the strip, and it was kind of interesting that that it sort of became this time capsule for for that transition from uh, you know film to to digital, um, and that's I think changed the way that uh, that we consume film. Um, Netflix obviously is a powerhouse now, so. Um, so a lot of the smaller movies uh, that, uh, I mean, obviously this is a, a, a much slower, longer process, but in the last 10 years, the movies that we get in the, the theater tend to be more spectacle-driven. Um, and, and I think a lot of that is because, well, TV's taking over a lot of, uh, a lot of the, the space for smaller stories, uh, smaller and low-budget stories, obviously things like Game of Thrones uh, are are uh, breaking into the big budget spectacle stuff too, but um, but you know you don't see that many um, indie dramas and indie comedies uh, making a huge splash in uh, in the multiplex. Uh, pardon the expression <laughs> in in the mainstream movie theaters, you know, um, across across the country. I mean, they'll obviously movies like Lady Bird are get get into art house. Uh, cinemas and and uh and repertory well i guess not repertory theaters but small small theaters um chicago obviously gets all of the indie stuff but um but you know uh the middle of nowhere kansas probably not so much um and and that didn't used to be the case uh although you know there probably are more screens (laughs) there than there there used to be i don't know i'd have to really like look at the 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 data on that but uh, but you know the kind of movies that end up in theaters uh it has changed over the last 
10, 12, 15 years, uh, too, um, for a variety of reasons, partly digital, partly Netflix, partly, uh, you know, just the changing nature of the film industry. So there's no shortage of cynicism for your characters to drive content. <laughs> for, for, for Jason, I, I I like to think that Jason is a cynical character, but that Multiplex 10 in it, itself is not cynical. Because um, I, I think more often than not, Jason's actually the butt of the jokes. Um, it's kind of me... Uh, making fun of how I used to be uh, younger and snobbier as a, as right. a kid. Well, I'm mean, not making fun of me being younger, but just the snobbier part, definitely. Um, I was a bit of a snob when I was young, and and so a lot of multiplexes like me making fun of the, the most worthy target that I can think of, which is, you know, myself. <laughs> it's great to have characters like that because you can take the piss out of things that upset you, and you can also take the piss out of people like that at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I uh, I have to ask uh, what I would assume is an obvious question. Did you work in a movie theater? <laughs> I think every single interview I've ever had has asked that. No, I, I never did. Um, a buddy of mine uh, who is the, the namesake for uh, Kurt Bollinger, and, and I would say even to, to some extent the inspiration for his character, uh, my buddy Kurt worked at a movie theater, the Will and Olds 14 in Peoria, Illinois, um, which is kind of where I grew up. And uh, and for a number of years, when he was a manager there, um, I worked this kind of weird second shift job doing production artwork for blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But um, I would go there and hang out waiting for him to get off his shift. And I'd see movies all the time. I'd you know get to know the people that worked there. Uh, and so it's sort of like I worked in a movie theater, except that I didn't work it. Or I didn't get paid. <laughs> um, and I also didn't do any work, but that's actually not that unlike a lot of the people that work in movie No, I, I can attest. I do want to say um, I myself work in a movie theater now, and I I read Multiplex uh, religiously during its run. Um, I think right I discovered on. it somewhere around like 2007, 2008. Definitely didn't work in a movie theater then, but I was very much drawn to the, uh, the conversation because as someone – Coming into my own, uh, discovering, I don't know, how to talk about movies, how much I really enjoy <laughs> movies, and aside from just, like, this is fun to do, uh, I really loved Multiplex in that facet, and now looking back as a movie theater employee, I am still struck at how accurate... You really got it. It's very you, just all this. It's almost like all the same jokes me and my coworkers are making in this in this movie theater. So, um, how when in the writing process? How did you? I mean, it's a tough question to ask because it's just creative process. But was there? Was what did you draw on aside from uh, your friend who worked in the movie theater in order to get right. these characters right and get the feel of the movie theater right? Uh, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of it comes from just having worked crappy jobs. Like I was a bartender and I worked at restaurants and things like that. And so a lot of a lot of the customer service related stuff is just from you know working any customer service any service industry job. You you deal with the same kinds of of idiots uh, or jerks or or what and and some wonderful people too. <laughs> um, but uh, you know you deal with a lot of the same people because if somebody's a jerk at a restaurant they're going to be a jerk at a movie theater too um so you just uh you also after multiplex uh, started you also get a lot of readers coming up to volunteer stories and um so you you know there's there's a fine line between just saying showing something happens that you know something that happened in a movie theater that's crappy and actually turning that into a joke uh, and and 
and beyond that, even turning something into a joke that's actually also a comment on movies. Um, uh, like one of the ones that popped out of my head was uh, was uh, there was a strip where somebody asked Jason to I don't know get him some popcorn and he's watching 300 and um, and J- Jason uh, turns around and he starts going to make the popcorn in slow motion because he's making yeah. 300 <laughs> <laughs> and the guy's like could you could you speed that up a little bit he's like that's what I was thinking the entire time I saw the movie oh my god um, <laughs> just but, just know, fun it's, little it's jokes like, it's like it's the only way you get through the fact that you're seeing the same five minutes of every movie every day you know it's right. um you really you really did capture that i think um and i you know a, a crappy job you know a job like that is a service industry is service industry it's almost mm-hmm. like you don't have to work in a movie theater you could be as you said a bartender and understand right. the same basic core of what it's like yeah. to be working that service industry job um i want to get into your your animation work here for for multiplex sure. 10 and also for that uh the web series that's going to come out alongside it not you know separate things but mm-hmm. um working working in animation um were, was there any sort of uh what were your inspirations for the, your animation style well when i first started multiplex uh you know i just wanted it to, to i just wanted to explore something um with uh digitally illustrated comics um and i also kind of had it in the back of my head that i wanted to do uh, a flash animated thing eventually i didn't realize that was going to be 12 years later (laughs) but um you know south park was was definitely an influence although i i did want to kind of aim for slightly uh slightly um better (laughs) animation at least better drawing even though the animation itself is probably not that much better um but uh, cut paper animation um, by uh, like Rene Lalou. Um, he did uh, Fantastic Planet and Light Years. Oh, um, wow, those are uh, those don't look really look anything like multiplex, but uh, but that kind of similar style of uh, of really flat um, illustration and and flat um, animation uh, kind of influenced me a little bit. Um, after. After a while, I started becoming more influenced by um, by just kind of editorial illustration. Um, uh, I, I mean, you know, illustrators kind of pretty broadly used now. Um, at the time, I think um, the the kind of flat uh, flat color uh, illustration style that I was most influenced by kind of per, kind of just turned up in women's magazines, uh, editor as editorial illustrations like fashion magazines and and uh, and you know, Cosmo and yeah. and whatnot. Um, and and I don't know why that was, but uh, but that's kind of where I first noticed it and where I first started getting drawn to that that flat color style. Um, and and now there's a lot of people that do it, um, and a lot of people do that with digital painting and Photoshop. Too, so it's not exactly um, you know vector animation, mm-hmm. um, but uh, but yeah, that was, those were kind of my influences, I guess. I don't know about my animation style. I think it's just kind of um, me getting influenced by uh, um, you know the the cartoons that I watch and like. Um, yeah, <laughs> Rick and Morty, and uh, well, I mean I like the new Ducktales. Um, the, the the new Tangled series looks really good, although I don't actually watch it, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, well, but, you know, but, a, a Disney a Disney TV show about a Disney property. I mean, 
It's good. It looks it looks it looks good, and it's yeah. and it's nice to be to pull from different sources because you know it would be easy to be like, oh, I'm only influenced by say like Rick and Morty and Adult Swim style stuff, really surreal. But you right. you get some of that, and then you also say you're pulling from something like Ducktales. That's like right. a little bit more. Uh, classical in its in its intention although i will say the new ducktales is it really speaks to me from a from it's a, a visual show yeah. yeah yeah i watch it too um i mean i when when i was um you know bringing people onto the project voice actors and and the and the, especially the sound people one of the things that i said most often was i want to approach this like live action um i want the the pacing to be like a live action uh film um not uh, one of my, I mean, I wouldn't say it's a, necessarily a pet peeve. It works for some shows, but a lot of animation has a very deliberate pace to it. And, um, and it's very like almost staccato. Like um, there there's, it's everything slowed down just a little bit more than it would be if people were actually speaking these lines. And I think part of that's just to kind of milk the running time. Um, but also, you know, it's, it's uh, kids, Kids, it shows that are targeted for kids um, kind of do that, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, for whatever the reason, though, uh, I just wanted to kind of avoid that and, and treat it exactly as if it was uh, a live-action short that just happened to be animated. Um, and, and so the pacing is all influenced by um, live-action stuff, uh, TV sitcoms, um, uh, and, uh, and obviously film, of course, um, but uh, but I, I wanted it to to feel more like a live action thing, even though it gets a little uh, wacky every now and then. Um, there's a couple of uh, shots with base, you know basically like anime lines in the background. Those are obviously more <laughs> inspired by animation than live action. Um, but uh, I, I do think in terms of like you know camera setups and and, uh, and and that sort of thing to to try to make it feel grounded and and uh, more like a film uh, because it is you know it's about film um, as well as as being you know an example of film so I want it to to kind of touch on these kinds of tropes and ideas in in not just what they're talking about but how it's made. Um, and and the music certainly plays into music and sound design certainly plays into that. So you're obviously um, a, you're obviously a huge fan of animation, and you're also a student of of cinema and everything. And mm-hmm. I guess what I what I'm curious is when did this love for animation begin? Because it probably started somewhere before you had all of this, you know, all of this working knowledge of tropes and you know, like the types of animation <laughs> that you wanted. What was the? I guess what was the impetus to get involved in in your uh, your educational path and what ended up leading you here? I, I don't. I can't remember a time that I didn't love animation. Um, when I was a kid, I would I would scan the TV guide pages because those were a thing when I was a kid, <laughs> and and I would just look for anything that said animation, and I would watch it. And um, probably like the the most kind of early visceral reaction I had to an animated thing that wasn't just a you know a kids cartoon was. Um, I, I saw one summer on HBO, there was a movie called Warriors of the Wind. And I was like, I've never heard of this. Uh, and I watched it. And what I didn't realize, uh, and only realized m- many years later, it was a kind of a bastardized uh, edit of Naushika of the Valley of Wind. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. By Hayao Miyazaki. And, uh, but, you know, even in its sort of... Um, truncated, you know, edited down uh, and heavily rewritten state, it 
you could still see that there were no bad guys in in this story, which was really unusual for you know in in American animation, American kids shows. There's always a clear cut good guy and a bad guy, but in Nausicaa, there was there was like moral gray areas. Both of them were just kind of working towards their ends, and and that to me, like I was in fifth grade, I think, and I still re- recognized this, and it, it just blew me away. Um, and that was probably the first time I started thinking of animation as like a legitimate storytelling form. And, and not to say that I was like some super smart, you know, fifth grader or whatever, but um, <laughs> a precocious <laughs> you know, like, young man, you know. Yeah, I mean, you're I, identifying I mean, you're identifying the gray area <laughs> narrative. That's I mean, I don't know if I was doing that at fifth grade. I was, I, well, you know, I, I also begged my dad to take me to Chariots of Fire and Gandhi. So I was a weird. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and I'm old, if that didn't tip anybody off, because that was, you know, early 80s. But, uh, but, but yeah, so, like, um, I can't remember when I wasn't in, enjoying animation. And um, because I was always into comics, I think anybody that's into comics also has an affinity for, for good animation, too. And, and so, um, you know, you know I, I wanted to do Multiplex 10 as an animated thing before I even wanted to do it as a comic. So, you know, it was always kind of in the back of my head that uh, that I wanted to do animation. It just kind of worked out that, um, you know, I, I did it as a comic. And, and you know, most of that is was just logistical. Like, um, I mean, it's not easy to do animation. Whatever. You know, yeah. it takes a lot of time. I mean, yeah. how long have you did you spend on this short alone? Uh, it's, it's hard to say because like I mentioned, uh, I messed up my shoulder and had right. to take like a three month break. Um, and we'd, we'd also written, um, written the script, uh, over the previous year. Um, so we were fine tuning and tweaking it and stuff. And, and I took a break for grad school, uh, at one point, but I think probably, uh, beginning to end if I, if I just, just factoring in the animation, probably about three, four months, um, I could, I can do a decent minute to two minutes uh, in in uh, a couple of weeks, I guess. Um, and, and some of that was also uh, designing all the backgrounds, um, which for like the web series now, um, since I'm doing that, a lot of a lot of that's already kind of, you know, done. Right. I'm recycling backgrounds. Certainly the characters, Kurt and Jason, are already drawn, uh, although Jason's costume is a little different because right. he actually works at the movie theater in, <laughs> in the series. Uh, it's set after the... Um, after the short film, um, but uh, but yeah, the, having those setups because it's flash animation, not uh, you know, not drawn with a pencil, um, kind of uh, helps speed up the process a bit. Although anytime there's a new background and a new camera angle, uh, it, it takes forever. So. Right, and I think that's <laughs> something that people don't realize is even in this time of digital animation where things can be done at a pretty pretty fast pace it still takes i mean you said you know three to four months to do 12 minutes right and uh i think that's what really fascinates me about animation is um the pure dedication and that's not to say other forms of cinema don't require a a (laughs) level of dedication but animation i mean can take years and uh, you know hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of man hours Mm -hmm. um do you think that animation is doing well right now with people or are we kind of i feel like sometimes we're stuck in pixar um i yeah i mean know. i i think that it it is sad that um that and certainly american animation um uh, like if it's not 
3D CGI, uh, you know, made to look like three-dimensional forms, um, you know, it, it can't get greenlit. Um, it's, mm-hmm. it's weird to me. Like, um, do you remember the, the, the opening sequence of Kung Fu Panda where he's, uh, he's talking about the, whatever they, Furious Five? Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, it was all, like, really flat 2D animated stuff, and it was my favorite part of the movie. It was gorgeous. Um, and then it, every, all the characters kind of turned into these round, huggable, uh, you know, fuzzy animals. And, and I still love the first Kung Fu Panda, uh, but that first sequence, um, which was, uh, I believe, directed by uh, Jennifer U. Nelson, the the, um, the director of the second movie. Right. Um, that was just gorgeous. And I would love Hollywood to make um, some some big budget animation that didn't kind of lean on making things look all round and Pixar-y or, uh, I mean, you know, DreamWorks has a distinct style um, and and some of their movies are beautiful and fantastic. I love the How to Train Your Dragon movies. Right, Um, me too. Uh, and anybody, anybody that's actually read the comic is is kind of groaning because I, I did a lot of strips about how to change. Oh, well, I, I I do remember. Uh, wasn't it Jason had this yeah. crazy love affair with How to Train Your Dragon? Yeah. It was. It was that was actually a, a really fun kind of semi scripted, semi unscripted moment. I should say. Uh, I, I knew I wanted to have him just go insane for a movie that just didn't really fit his kind of movie snob character because he needed to have this moment where he realized that that sometimes film is about emotions it's not all like you know uh it's not all criterion collection you know art and criteria um and uh and when i saw how to train your dragon i i I was bawling like five times in the movie theater i was like that's the movie. That's the movie that I'm going to do that story arc with. It, it, and it just, you know, because I loved it so much, it, it kind of worked. I, it, I think that turned out pretty well in terms of how it, it kind of changed his attitude about, um, about the film. Well, um, and, and reading the comic myself, it changed my attitude because early on, you know, I was very much <laughs> wanting to identify with Jason because I was like, yeah, this guy's edgy. He's not afraid to say like the hard thing. Like I still to this day really love to grill people on Forrest Gump. And part of it is because I don't like Forrest Gump, but also, uh, I don't know. Sometimes I get a little bit of a thrill out of it and it is, um, you know, it, it's, it's petty. Oh, he's saying it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I really loved that particular arc, I guess, because it reminded me that to be a fan of films, you have to, you have to feel something and it can't just be trying to lord it over everybody else that you have the best taste. And it got me to see how to train your dragon. And I absolutely loved it. So I guess I have to thank you for that one retroactively. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome, I guess. Uh, so you, that's why we had you on. Was yeah. because of, that's, that was the big moment. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> I, I want to ask you, you we, off mic, we talked about that you spent uh, about 10 years here in Chicago, um, and you you called it, you know, part. it's it's a home for you. It's a place that uh, you were here for a long time and really got to experience. Um, tell us about your, I guess, feelings about Chicago. When you were here, uh, how did it feel to be a creative person doing illustrations? You, would start, you started Multiplex while you were here in Chicago, or at least it was yeah. running by that time. No, it was, I started it there. I mean, I, I had the idea for it in in uh, Peoria, uh, right. but but you know, 
One of the things about living in a big city is that you have so many other creative people around you um, that that kind of energize you uh, on that level. Um, when I was in Peoria up until I was like 25, I, I always had it in my head I wanted to draw comics. I wanted to draw comics. I was, but I was always that guy that talked about drawing comics instead of actually drawing comics uh, because I didn't know anybody else who was doing anything like that. I knew some musicians. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, they were all in cover bands and, and I didn't know any other writers. I didn't know any other artists. So uh, I never had that kind of social, uh, pressure, I guess, to, to do anything creative, um, until I moved to Chicago and, um, and I started writing movie reviews for Gaper's block. Uh, and then I started writing book reviews and doing strip books for book slut and uh, and that's when like I got kind of got my first creative ball rolling um, in terms of making something that was you know mine um, was was strip books and then obviously multiplex uh, um, a- after that as the as the supposed backup feature um, yeah but uh, but and then once once it was on on the on the internet and it started getting a bit of a an audience. Um, I, I realized that I could also get that same sort of social support, uh, creative social support from the internet too. Uh, but you know, when I was, you know, in 1998, uh, you, I couldn't get that in Peoria um, at all. Uh, so, so you know, moving to Chicago and then, of course, you know, having the internet become a thing um, really helped encourage me to to keep working um having that kind of instant validation to being able to you know post a comic strip and then like you know 30 seconds later somebody's like that was great or that was the stupidest thing i've ever read (laughs) in my life (laughs) the two sides of the internet (laughs) whatever yeah, gotta love the internet. Well, and I mean, um, you, Multiplex has been incredibly successful. You have three collections in print, and uh, Multiplex there and back again. One of the the second collection, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that won the 2014 Independent Publisher Book Award for graphic novel and drawn drawn book humor cartoon in that category. <laughs> it's a, it's it's a, a very specific category. It is. <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah. like, I thought it was going to end after uh, graphic novel. <laughs> it just kept no. Going. no. But still, it, it's Humor been incredible. Novel. It's been incredibly successful, and you have a huge following. Um, How about huge? <laughs> I, you know, let's. I'm going to talk you up. You know, because I think you deserve it, Gordon. I really do. Um, I I'm so excited to see Multiplex Ten. Uh, you're going to be in some, you're going to be in a film festival, right? Yeah, a uh, couple. Um, it's going to it's going to be at the Door County uh, Short Film Fest in uh, Sister Bay, Wisconsin, on uh, February. 17th, I believe, is, the sc- is when it's going to screen. Um, but it's also going to be part of GeekFest's um, film, uh, kind of touring film festival. GeekFest uh, does uh, screenings and panels uh, of, of um, some feature-length stuff uh, and some short films. The, the program, exact program, kind of depends on the, the, the festival or the convention that they're at, but they do them at Film festival, or sorry, comic book conventions across North America. A couple in Canada. They might do one in uh, Mexico, but uh, ten or eleven, I think, is the current uh, scheduled count. And uh, and so the first one of those will actually be the same weekend at the Long Beach Comic Expo. Um, on, and and I believe Multiplex is screening on uh, the afternoon of the seventeenth. Um, so uh, so it's going to be at a couple of places on the seventeenth. Um, it's also going to be available uh, on demand uh, at Vimeo on demand. 
um, starting, you know, well, today. Yep. <laughs> uh, it's actually out now. Um, and, and there's going to be a few other uh, kind of theatrical screenings, I believe. Uh, you know, a theater in uh, the, the Lyric in uh, Fort Collins, Colorado, uh, is going to be playing it. Um, and and I, I think at some point we have to figure out the specifics. The Somerville Theater here in Somerville, where I live right now, uh, is, is going to be playing it at some point, too. Fantastic. Um, well, are you going to make it out to any of the screenings? Uh, I'm I'm going to try to make it to some some Geek Fest stuff once they're a little closer to my coast. Yeah, <laughs> uh, no. I, I can't fly out to to California for that. Uh, and hopefully, you know, we'll get some other festivals um, that'll that'll also uh, be you know worth flying to, and or will fly me out. Um, so yeah, I'd love. Uh, hopefully, eventually, I'll I'll, I'll make it to one. Um, and you know, if anybody listens to this and manages a theater and wants to show it, they can get in, get in touch with me. I'm happy to talk about uh, you know talk about the movie at a screening if they find me out. <laughs> Bingo! I mean, or, this is your connection right now. You can talk to you talk to Gordon about getting Multiplex Ten screened at your theater. You know, request it by mail. Do they <laughs> or or carrier pigeon? Yeah, maybe maybe you should have a text line like multi. Just you know, send uh, multiplex now to five 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 eight five two six. We can add that in graphics if you'd like. Yeah, <laughs> we'll make we'll make the commercial for you. Well, Gordon, thank you so much for uh, having a chat with us, calling us all the way from uh, Boston. Um, where can people follow you on social media? I am Gina Calpin on Twitter and uh, and I think Instagram uh, and also Multiplex Ten on Twitter and Instagram and well no actually no not it, sorry uh, Multiplex Ten on on Twitter as well uh, Facebook there's the Multiplex Ten page um, you can subscribe to the to the web series on YouTube at uh, youtube.com slash c slash Multiplex Ten. Uh, Etc. And of course, um, multiplex10.com is the home for all things uh, of this new animated version of, of Multiplex. Fantastic. Remember, everybody, that uh, short and the first episode of the web series are out today. You can go take care of all that now. The short is available for rental or full purchase. And then the web series is on YouTube. You can subscribe to it. Just uh, go back and listen to what Gordon said. Follow him there on YouTube. Gordon, again, thank you so, so much. Hopefully we'll get to see you soon. Thank you for having me. All right. This has been NoCo Cinema here on WGM+. We are your guide to cinema here in the city of Chicago and all around the world. I'm Tom Hush. And I'm Connor Cornelius. And we will see you next week. Thank you.